Welcome. We are so glad you've joined us today. Are you ready for another Bayside Christian Church podcast? Let's get straight into it. I love your spirit. You just keep going. We're going to nail this. Amen. And we did. It doesn't matter if um, things go wrong. Yeah, it's just you just keep pressing through. Amen. That's what I'm preaching on today. So we've had just a little practical uh, exercise there. Thank you so much, Pastors Ross and Mary and the Dream Team and all the big church, awesome church for having me yet again. Uh, I come quite regularly and um, and it's just such a blessing. Your church, I don't know if you realise, but your church is fabulous. It, it really is, yeah. You, you are a bunch that are all on the same page. You can feel it. And it's, it's not just starting. You're well on your way, but the, oh my gosh, there is another level coming. And it's, it's 2024. And that's what I've come just to share a little bit today with you as well, but just an update. But first, before I do that, I want to just welcome a man that I just shook his hand and as I was just mingling around before this church service started... And I just want to welcome a man called Ray. There you are, right there, Ray. God bless you. Stand up. Come out here. I want to just, I'm not going to embarrass you. Don't worry. Ray's been in the country in Australia three weeks. He and his wife from the UK, yeah? And he's been in church. This is his second Sunday. Amen. Come here with me. Look at him. Yeah. This is your mob. Um, I just really felt when I was talking to you and that just that brief interaction that we had that you think that you know you and your wife have made plans and yes you have and you've moved a huge uh, a huge move to to come to Australia but it was God who moved you God has repositioned you for such a time as this and you might not know what that is but you're in the right place in this place Um, you can these pastors will guide you just lean in come right into this church this body in Jesus name so bless Ray and his wife and all that is ahead of him in Jesus name amen God bless you. Um, Get around Ray. His wife's not here today, but she will be here. Amen? Yeah. God's doing this. This is the God word. This is the prophetic word for 2014. As soon as we clocked over, there was a repositioning. There was a shifting, a cabinet reshuffle. Okay? Um, And my husband and I are a part of that. And so very quickly, just as an update from the video, um, just that, yes, my husband and I have resigned our jobs. I'm formally do that tomorrow. And my husband is already up in Townsville. God has redirected us and repositioned us up in Townsville. Very strategic. And um, he's already started work. God spoke to us at the end of last year and said that this year, uh, 2024, for my husband and I would be a, a real uh, open heaven, that we would start to have a double portion um, blessing. And it was more than that. And I'm going to share that with you because it's not just for us, it's for you too. And, and it's for the church as, as well as for pastors, um, Ross and Mary and the, and the team and the church as well. And so in the name of Jesus, there it is. Um, and so Lucas was, received three jobs and he had his pick. And so he's, he's loving it. Yeah, he's already up there. And then I've also received two fabulous jobs. And uh, I just think this is amazing. Yeah, God is like we sang it this morning. He's true to his word. He's true to his word. Doesn't come back void. He just doesn't say things, um, you know, just and, and doesn't follow through. That's not our God. Amen. And so I was offered two jobs and 
Um, just as I travelled up here on Friday, I got a phone call to say I wanted this job. I really felt that it was in God, that God was positioning me, and um, but it was very hard. I was on this interview and, and everything journey for weeks and weeks and weeks, and I just didn't know. Uh, there's a confidence that you have in God that if it's it's not a, oh, well, I might get it. It's like I sort of know it in Manoa that I really need to be positioned here, but, you know, we just sort of see how, and you just keep stepping it forward, keep stepping it forward. And um, so I got a job as a counselling clinician for the Australian Defence Force. Come on. Come on, God. Yes. And it's like, of course, everything is about war. Okay. And so I am the most unlikely person. And I've come to sort of like share that with you today. Um, it's, it's not, it might be unlikely to us, but it's not a mistake by God. It's not random by God. He has planned this forever. So for Ray, for all of you, for myself, for my husband, this is an exciting year for us because it is a powerful year. So I just want to share with you though one exciting thing that um, the last time I was in the Ukraine late last year, I was in there with a, a the ambassador for the Ukraine in in Australia here because God has connected me with him and we're in there together and he got me into the military hospitals and so I was going around I got me into the main one in Kiev the biggest one and the, the head of the hospital met me at the gate took me in all this stuff is impossible by the way yeah it's just they were at war you saw it on the on the screen and so I um got into the hospital and went into his office and then he said, come on, let's go, follow me. And we suited up and and I just didn't know. I just followed him. Where are we going to go? And the first place I went was in intensive care where soldiers had just come from Bakhmut, from the battlefield, from the front, and they had lost limbs and one man had lost an eye. And they're, yes, you know, they stand on mines and they get shot. And um, it was just unbelievable able to just pray and the presence of the Lord as we are not like holding church we are just being yeah we are just being and here we are and in this sort of really hard place and so the the Holy Spirit and the manifestation of his power the power gifts were flowing and yet we're just very natural and these people aren't Christians a lot of them the doctors aren't Christians they're professors of um you know, they're bone surgeons and what's that word? I, did, I do know it, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> see, that's wonderful. So, and so they're all there and they're all the top people and they're all, they probably haven't had a break since the invasion started and they just, they're just seeking and they, they need, they need equipment, they need everything, but they're seeking God. And so here comes one of us. It could have been you. It could have been anybody that God just selected and put in that position. But we have to be fit for work. I'm sort of using language because I've done a lot of interviews. It's like, are you fit for work? Have you had your police check? Have you, do you have your first aid? Have you had fire training? Yes, yes, yes. Okay, and then when it comes to, to God, it's just sort of the same thing. But then he says, you know what? I cover you. I cover you and then I empower you. And then regardless of how you feel or how sometimes it works and then sometimes there's an epic fail, it's like, Lord, I'm still leaning in on you because it's all about him and his glory. And so 
the, the presence of the Lord would just go from the, the ward to ward. And it wasn't just the soldiers and their wives and their kids that were in these. I found that as, you know, we, as I went, it was sort of like standing room only in these rooms because all the doctors were coming off the wards and sort of like following and squishing in because when I would just go and pray, eyes open in the name of Jesus and thank you for your service and bra- you brave men, you brave women and I'm praying for the wives and the doctors are leaning in because they need God. They want God and it's just awesome. At the end of one day, the, this head doctor gave me a shopping list. He said, "Will I'm going to give you a list of things we desperately need to treat these wounded soldiers because there's sort of like ambulances coming from all areas and they just come daily with just multiple, multiple um, injuries. And I just thought, yes, you know, he said, would you lobby the Australian government? And I'm like, I'm just nobody, but you know what? Um, (laughs) It's nothing to God, you know. So I just thought, how hard could it be? What's on the list? Band-aids, bandages, crutches, you know, just a few things like that. CT scans, (laughs) ultrasound machines. X-ray machines, a C arm for when you're on have surgery and they put your arm like that to put anesthetic in. That alone's worth seventy-five thousand dollars. Let alone all the prosthetic limbs, arms, everything. And I'm like, <laughs> no worries, <laughs> you know, just give it to me. God's got this. So I go home to Australia and I give it to the ambassador. And I said, uh, Pastor, uh, Dr. Andre has given me a shopping list. He said, what's on it? And then I read it out and he just smiled. He said, give it to me. I'm going to connect you to the head person in Australia that gets all this stuff. And he connected us and she's a lovely woman. And um, we just hit it off incredibly, just straight away. And we're going to go into the Ukraine together. And uh, that's how it works. It's just natural. And you just keep stepping it out. And uh, anyway, so I, on, on Thursday, I got an email. Pastor Sharon, you're not going to believe. And I just thought, I, here it comes. As I'm reading, she said, there is a ship in the ocean headed for the Ukraine with a great big container full of... CT scans, ultrasounds, x-ray machines, prosthetic limbs, and even a C-arm. And it's like, and you know what? Dr. Andre already knows. And see how God just demonstrates himself. He shows off. And, and yes, it's just, it's fabulous. So keep praying for the Ukraine. Keep praying, praying for Israel. In a couple of weeks, if I just keep planning, because you just got to keep moving forward. And it, because they are at war, it's not just, oh, let's book a flight. And let's book another flight. And then let's just fly into Tel Aviv. This is, it's, it changes every day. You have to pivot. You have to be very flexible. And you just literally have to be an empty vessel and just give it away to God and just say, Lord, if you want me in there in two weeks' time, uh, you will move heaven and earth, yeah? And so, but that's the plan. In a couple of weeks' time, I will just go in there. Our pastor's in there pastoring. How about that? How about pastoring in Jerusalem at the moment, yeah? So God bless Israel, amen? So just a little bit of an update there. I just want to quickly, and I will go fast, and all I want you to do, not me, all the Lord wants you to do is just to lean in and catch Okay, catch it and then let it, let it do its work. Amen. It is the, 
washing of the water of word. It is the healing from the, from the word and it is the empowering and it is the calling and it is the repositioning. I'm not talking about location. You don't have to go overseas. You don't have to go up to Townsville unless, like Ray, God's called you here. And uh, But it's a, it's a repositioning in your heart. It's a repositioning in your thinking. Amen. And so I'm just going to go for it. You know that there is a military term and it's called selective service. And when war happens uh, in America and even in Australia, um, people, mostly men, would get a letter. And it would say, you have been, you have been for, uh, chosen for selective service and you are now drafted. There's that word. And I'm sure that hearts sank, particularly mums and dads. Hearts would have sank as their sons uh, were drafted and, and went off to war. But why? Think about it, to save others. So here this, the, the, the best, yeah, the best are being selected and for selective service. That means being drafted. You know, in 2022, the God word that God gave me was not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. In 2023, it was greater works shall you do because you believe. Amen. And so in 2024, hang in there because I'm going to unpack it. God, I, I, and it, all the prophetic voices are saying the same thing. Might be just a little bit of variation, but they're saying the same thing, which is very exciting. 2024, it is enough is now. Enough is now. And if you've, heard, if you've seen the news, it's what President Netanyahu is saying about the war. He, in the news, it's reported that this saying is, variation of it, enough now. Enough is now. There will be no second holocaust. And sometimes it takes that, to do that in a godly way. Amen? And so... These, but for us personally, and for us as a church, but for you personally, and even in with your family, I believe that there are people here that have gone through a process, and it started with enough is enough, enough is enough, and I'm speaking to you as well. You have come because you're sitting here. There's no lock on the gate. There's no holding you in. This is, this is not prison here. By choice, you're in church. By choice, you are working on your life. You have positioned yourself and you are on journey and you have said enough is enough. Enough of depression. Enough of alcoholism. Enough of anxiety. Enough of poverty. Enough of ill health. Enough. And it takes something to keep going to do that. And I'm going to unpack that. This is the God word. It's already here, but people have gone on. The backstory is you have already gone, some of you, for a very long time. You started years ago and you said to God, enough is enough. I am going to do something about this. And you progressed to whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. That's what President Zelensky said. When the invasion happened, he, in the news, you go back and read it, he said when it happened, there was a bit of a panic in Ukraine because they didn't know where he was and his parliament. And then after the, they sort of realised what was happening after a day or so, he emerged and he said, we're here, we're still here, I don't need a ride, I need guns. That's what he said, yeah? But he said then, whatever it takes... 
whatever it takes to win this war because enough is enough. We have had enough. And I'm not, this is not a political message, but this is global, yeah? This, we have a big God, yes? He's still in control and he is giving us a heads up that you are on track. Keep going. It's about not on my watch, whatever it takes. You are at the end of a season of preparation and polishing, in Jesus' name. You have sowed seed and now you are going to reap harvest. Soon as 2024 clicked over, my husband and I are reaping harvest already. God is true to his word. You are going to receive your inheritance. Start receiving because there have been people who have been believing and believing and positioning themselves and doing things and, and God has called this. Work here. Work on yourself. Work on your negative thinking. Work on your inner critic and you've positioned yourself and now enough is now. Amen. I want you to catch this by faith. Catch it by faith because there is an open heaven of blessing. In Isaiah 32 9, God's word says, arise and come into your being. Prophetic word. I want you to catch that even if you write it down, put it on your fridge. Arise and come into your being, which means come into your purpose. Come into your position. Come into your destiny. Isaiah said, or God said this, and it was the locus of it was a company of women, but it's men too. And it, and it was addressing complacency. Scripture says that they were feeling so satisfied with their own abilities and situations that they felt that they didn't even need to try, that they could just function out of what they were now. But you know what? As a clinician, I often find, yes, we jump to that first. Oh, that person has got either fear or pride. Too limited. Sorry, I'm going to blow that out of the water. Okay, we need to be sort of like uh, hard, more hardworking than that. What's driving even this approach to life that, you know what, I'm just going to keep, I'm, I'm just going to keep in this pattern. I'm just going, you know, I don't believe. And it's usually fear that is driving that. It's usually brokenness. It's usually people that have been terrified. They've gone through trauma. They've gone through abuse. And they, have, and they are affected. They're broken. And now they're in a state that looks like complacency. There's a lot of masks. There can be a lot of tough guy or tough girl. There can be a lot of really quiet. That's not your authentic self. Come into your being. Come into your being. I prophesy it this morning. Come into your true destiny in God, in Jesus' name. Are you with me? Amen. Because in Genesis 49.2, God's word says that he's made your mouth like a sharpened sword. In the shadow of his hand he has hidden you and he has made you into already a polished, selected and positioned arrow. So just keep shooting. Keep striking the ground with your arrow. Going on, there is more prophetic words. This year, 2024, is a year of divine restitution, divine recompense, divine restoration, divine turnaround, divine reversals, divine payback, divine double portion and divine inheritance. Amen. Catch it. That's me. That's me. I am now positioned. Amen. Restitution means the restoration of something that has been lost or stolen to its proper owner. The act of giving back something that has been lost or stolen. The act of compensating for loss and injury by reverting as far as possible to the position before that injury can 
occurred. So God heals entirely. He doesn't, he doesn't mend, he makes new in Jesus' name. Recompense is a little bit similar. It means a recompense for injury or loss, to repay, to remunerate, to remunerate, yes, to reward, to pay and give compensation for damage and injury. What does it take? I'm going to, I'm going to just um, highlight a few people in the Bible that had, they positioned themselves and they had what it took, even though it was difficult and they just royally, you know, like failed at times and God still believed. The call was still there. They had to adjust. They had to overcome. Yes, because God is God and he's a holy God. But I want to just share a few of these people. In Judges 6, um, starting at verse 12, it's just a story of Gideon. And the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord. And for seven years, he gave them over into the hands of the Midianites. Because the power of Midian was so oppressive that the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountains, cliffs, caves and strongholds. In in other words, they just ran and hid. Whenever the, the Israelites planted their crops or their seed, which is their promise, which is their faith, they're just still moving forward and planting that, the Midianites and the Amalekites and other eastern peoples invaded the country. Actually, they waited until it grew up to a harvest and then they come and they, they stole it. They camped on the land and ruined or stole the crops all the way to Gaza and did not spare a living thing in Israel, neither sheep nor cattle nor donkeys. And they came up with their livestock and their tents and the swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count them all and their camels. They invaded the land and they ravaged it. Midian so impoverished Israel that they cried out to the Lord for help. Key, that's the right thing to do. When the Israelites cried out to the Lord because of Midian, he sent a prophet. He said, this is what the Lord God of Israel says and reminding them, I have brought you up out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. I have rescued you from the Egyptians and I have delivered you from the hand of all your oppressors. That that word is key. You've been on a journey and you've been defeating this one and here's another giant in the land and here's another smaller giant and that one was pretty easy this one's like Goliath this one you know David had a a lion a bear and then Goliath we're all the same but he God says all and all is this year you we will still journey on because this side of heaven we sort of yes we really need the Lord but all there's been a shift over you this year I drove them out before you and gave you the the land I said to you. I am the Lord your God. Do not worship the gods of the Amorites in whose land you live. But you have not listened to me. And then it goes on to say the angel, which was God, the angel of the Lord came and he sat down under the oak of Ophrah that belonged to Joash the Abazirite where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a winepress to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, O mighty man of valour, O mighty warrior. Gideon instantly said, Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with me, why has all this happened to us? Where are all your wonders that your ancestors told us about when they said, Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? God's already just said that. 
And he's sort of like, you know, saying this again. But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us over into the hand of the Midian. And the Lord then said to him, go in the strength that you have now. In this year, you have strength. Go in that strength now because enough is now. You have enough now in Jesus' name because I am sending you. And then here he is again, human, just like me. You, it might be the, I might be the only one in the room. He then says, pardon me, my Lord. Again, how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and the least in my family. And the Lord then said again, I will be with you. So strike down all. Keep going and leave none alive. You know what? You can always get too big for the Lord to use you, but you can never get too small. You can never get too empty. You can never get too humble. And we have to humble ourselves. Under We submit to the Lord and then we can resist the enemy and he will flee. Oftentimes we're resisting the enemy, but we're not submitted in some areas. But this is your year in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So in Proverbs 18, 12, it says that humility comes before honour. Gideon goes on then, just hit and miss. This is, I identify with him so much. He then makes an offering, but makes God wait. He says, would you just wait there? I've got to go and kill a goat. It's going to take me hours, but you know what? Can you just wait there? Because I've got to go and kill it, gut it, skin it. Sorry about that. <laughs> okay. Cook it. And then bread as well. And then, and then the Lord said, I will wait. I will wait. And he brings the offering. And then God goes, Psh, and, and destroys it by fire. And he goes, right, uh, okay. So because we don't do things in our own strength. Amen. God's demonstrating his power here. It's so beautiful. And he burns it up right in front of him. And then Gideon realizes, oh, my gosh, this is God. So he gets fearful. It's like I'm going to die. And God says, no, 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 you're not going to die. He then builds an altar to the Lord. And then God says, go and tear down the altars and the Asherah poles. But still afraid. He does it, but he does it at night. Amen. The people nearly kill him for doing that. And all the enemies join forces. But Gideon blows a trumpet for war in Israel. And 32,000 respond, which is awesome. And then that's still not enough. He still needs reassurance. That Gideon puts out multiple fleeces. And are we really gonna, are we really gonna break through? Are we really? And God then thins them out to 300. And Gideon re- is reassured for victory by the reports of an en- in the enemy camp. And then it's all history. It's all about trumpets, the shout. It's all about empty, smashed jars that the light will shine. I think it was Matt that as he was leading worship this morning, that said that prophetically, that there is a, the light within you, the glory of God within And we have to go through a process. But today you've already been through a, a process that is finished. It's complete in Jesus' name. And then there was a shout for the sword of the Lord and for Gideon and victory was won. You know, Elijah, same. Elijah was dealing with drought and Jezebel, with famine fruitlessness, just not being able to produce life and control. Sounds sort of like similar to us, yeah? When you break it down, you think, well, it was, you know, they didn't rain. And then there was Jezebel. But what was driving those things? I'm going to read it to you in the message, just a small portion. Elijah said to Ahab, up on your feet, eat and drink, celebrate, rain's on its way. 
I hear it coming. Ahab did it, got up, ate, drank. Meanwhile, Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel, bowed deeply in prayer, and Pastor Pete brought that this morning, with his face between his knees. And then he said to the young servant, up on your feet, come on, arise and come into your being. Enough is now. So up on your feet and now look towards the sea. He went and looked and reported back, don't see a thing. And Elijah, same spirit. Gideon, same spirit, yeah? And whatever it takes, whatever it takes, the tenacity, whatever it takes. said, oh yes, um, go back, even if it's seven times if necessary. And sure enough, on the seventh time, which seven is, a, is God's word for completion, and it is finished. He said, oh yeah, I see a cloud. It's very small, but it's rising out of the sea. And it's no bigger than somebody's hand. And then Elijah said, well then, quickly, on your way. Tell Ahab, saddle up and get down the mountain before the rain stops you. And then it says, things happen fast. The sky grew black, the wind drove the clouds, and then there was a huge cloudburst of rain, and there's the abundance. Yeah, this is just God reminding us that this is his pattern. It just takes a a doggedness. If you were to do a search on the word, you know, um, just to persevere and to be tenacious, um, it would be a a stubbornness, a doggedness. It's like uh, whatever it takes, I'm not stopping. I don't care what happens. I don't care what enemy comes against me. I don't care. Uh, I look after myself. Everything is decent and in order, but I am going to push through until this happens. And then God says, God strengthened Elijah mightily. Pulling up his robe and and tying it around his waist, Elijah ran in front of Ahab's chariot until he reached Jezreel. So the process is keep looking, keep praying. The drought is breaking and the blessing is coming because enough is now. In Jesus' name, I prophesy. And lastly, I think this, I've, I've never preached on this man and I haven't heard a lot of this man being preached, but oh my gosh, as I did it, I was a puddle often as I was just reading it and then just, um, you know, doing a study on the root words and what it took for this man. And this is what I feel the anointing right now. This is what the Lord wants us to catch right now. We've already done this, but there is a deeper and a higher. God's calling us God's calling us. And it is the whatever it takes man. And his name is Simon of Cyrene. He is the other Simon. He's often called that. And it says in Mark 15, 21, a certain man from Cyrene, Simon, the father of Alexander and Rufus, who was just passing by on the way in from the country. And they forced him, they seized upon him, they drafted him, to carry and bear the cross of Jesus. That word certain there in the Greek means this one. God said, I've chosen you for selective service. I've chosen you for selective service. I've drafted you. Look what he was drafted to do in Jesus' name. Amen. It's the same word that was, was spoken of Paul when God knocked him off his horse and blinded him. It's the same word, this certain man. 
go down straight street, there was a man there, this certain man, I've selected him. I have drafted him and this is us. There are many people that were called Simon, common name, but he was anointed to carry the weight for others. Amen? Catch that. You are anointed to carry the weight and the burdens at times for others. God is certain about you also. He knows you. He selects you. You are chosen. He chose you for salvation. You've already done that. You're in relationship. Pastor Pete preached about that. Now he's calling you for higher service. This is what it's going to take. I don't know if you've noticed the times and the age that we're living in. There's not rumours of war anymore. There's wars. Amen. This is our new norm. Amen. There is pestilence. There is virus. Yes. And there's earthquake. And there's all sorts of things happening. We have a world, we have a world that doesn't know him. Thousands, millions of people. And we are it, church. Amen. Simon of Cyrene was a Jew. He was an African. He was from Libya. He was just going to Jerusalem for Holy Week, for Passover, with his two sons. And I, I don't know, it doesn't say whether he had been there because it was yearly. doesn't say that he had gone every year or whether this was his absolute passion and bucket list and that, um, you know, he took his two sons and it meant everything to him because whatever it took, he wanted to go and be reminded and be in an encounter, just be reminded of Passover. Remember, remember when we were at risk, remember when we were going to be taken out, when remember, and the blood was on, come on, come on, come on, there's the anointing and it's Jesus and it's the coming Messiah. Little did he know, little did he know that he had to travel with his sons 1,263 kilometres. Talk about a whatever it takes man and woman. Amen. It's we want him. We sang it. Lord, how we want you. Lord, how we need you. Opening up the way. Here he is just walking. Do you know he had to go overland through the coast of Alexander and Egypt and then catch a galley ship to Joppa? This is weeks and weeks of travel. Then climbing up over hills to Jerusalem for about 35 miles and then to come down. I was there just months ago. When you're coming up to Jerusalem, oh my gosh, I tell you, every Christian has to go. And you know what? You will go. I know, look at look what's happening at the moment. They'll be okay. Amen. But when you come up and you see, because Jerusalem's up on a hill. Yeah, And he's climbing up with this in his heart. I'm going to Holy Week. I'm going to remember the Passover. And Messiah is coming. Messiah is coming. And little did he know that as in the morning, Jesus was woken up. The night before, he was mocked. He was whipped. He was scourged. He was, uh, they put robe on him and mocked him. And they put a th crown of thorns on his head. And knowing that he was going to the cross, shedding blood already. And then they got him up at six in the morning and he started his journey, his stepping out. And he was carrying his cross in that state. We could never do that, ever. And then at the perfect timing, 
divine timing. Here's this man that was just an insignificant man with his two boys, significant, coming this way, whatever it took. I'm just on a mission. I'm passing by. He would have come into Jerusalem. Thought, What's going on here? Oh, it must be a procession. It must be a parade, a celebration. And then he sees a man. And then he's sort of like on a mission. I'm going to, I want to go and see Passover. I want to be reminded that the Messiah is coming. And at that time when Jesus gets into right through the gate, at the gate, he is Jesus at the gate and he falls. And Simon is at the gate and he is seized. He is drafted and the way is made open. Can you see that? The way is made open. Do you know that in John 14, 6, it said, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the light. Matthew 7, 13, 14, enter through the narrow gate. We, pray, we sang that as well this morning. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many enter through that. But small and narrow is the gate and the road that leads to life. And only few choose to choose it today. Choose it today. Jesus is at the gate. And, and Simon of Cyrene met him. You know, Simon of Cyrene met a stumbling Jesus that day. He didn't meet a water-walking Jesus, although that just, that's who he was, yeah? He didn't meet a healing the lepers Jesus. He didn't meet a raising the dead Jesus. He met a stumbling Jesus where God was, Jesus was positioned. Jesus was divinely selected and he went to the cross for us do you know that he was shedding his blood and he healed other people that had flows of blood we know the woman the others the lepers and he just readily healed now it was his turn for his blood to flow but it had to flow there was no stopping it do you know that he understands your stumbling he understands your weakness. He understands that you've gone through some of your protracted season of crushing and waiting, a, a long season of waiting. The Lord would say to you today, 2024, it's over. It's over. The harvest is coming. The blessing is coming. And the double portion is coming. And the, your divine inheritance. Something has happened to you. In this journey, of course, it's happened to me too, where you are now aligned and it's working. And it's working. You are now in the rhythms of grace. You're not leaning into your own understanding. You're not trying to atone for your own sin. You're not trying to get God's approval or people's approval. You now know that when I sin, when I blow it, I can ask the Lord to forgive me. You are now in the rhythms of grace and that's why this year it's going to work. And it is working as I've not preached this message before, so just bear with me. Amen. It's not about the message, it's about the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You've gone from fear to courage and hopelessness and some of you suicidal to hope fulfilled. Yeah, he's making you fit for work. He's going to send you an assignment and so that you can lift the weight for others. There is a reason why you've gone through heartache, adversity, rejection and pain. There is a reason. You now have the weight of the Holy Spirit. You have a cred. 
you have a credibility and the anointing will rest on you. Be an empty vessel. Give the glory to him. You know, I understand when I go into hospitals and all over the world, not just in war zones, but if someone is suicidal, I understand that. That's my history. Yeah, my father was in the military. I've gone full circle. God's positioned me perfectly. My father committed suicide when I was 14. He was in the military and there was a direct correlation with that. And God has put me back in that field to help others. Amen. There is an anointing on you. There is a grace on you, a gift on you, a power on you. You know that when they placed the cross on Simon, on his shoulders, he got behind Jesus and he followed Jesus. Where were his kids? Like I often think of that. I don't know how old they were, but did they just like, were they just in the crowd? I like to believe that my kids follow me, that your kids follow you in Jesus' name. Amen. Do you know that God knew that even though you hated to be drafted into that painful situation and season, that he knew that you were one of these people, that you would say, enough is enough. I'm not, I, I can't have another broken relationship. I can't live in fear. I can't live um, just limited. I can't, I've got to live my life of abundance with God. And something happened to you years ago and you said whatever it takes. You know what God would say to you today? Well done. Well done. Because we don't just keep going and keep going without blessing, without benefits. Amen. You know, Simon would have been terrified to have the cross put on him. He didn't want to make waves with the Roman soldiers at all. You know, there's always a cost, isn't there? Who said it was going to be comfortable? Who said that our life, Christian life, was going to be comfortable? I work in a field where there's new language and I'm very aware of language. Um, There's just this insidious thing that has come in and we don't want it to sort of, I don't want it to creep in to me because it has a powerful effect where we say, you know, let's all stand and if we're comfortable, I won't do it. Not because I'm rebellious, not because I'm just being nitpicky and pedant, I won't do it. You know, who said that our life was going to be comfortable? We are called to bear the cross. Yes? Yes. So I say, I don't call this on myself, but if it comes, right, that's when I dig deep. That's when I am tenacious. That's when I am a selected, positioned servant for the Lord. And I just, I know, I know how to pray. I know how to intercede. I know how to warfare. I know how to fast. In Jesus' name, amen. Nearly finished, nearly finished. Um, You know, no one can witness to that person with cancer like you can because you've been through it or your family member has been through it. No one, yeah? You're a national in that. No one can minister to a person in addiction like you can. Yes, you might be still being healed and strengthened and restored, but no one can do that like you. No one can minister to that person who has been divorced and who has been abandoned and who has been rejected, who has been accused and blamed of things, and you've not gotten bitter, 
you've gone through the process of enough is enough. There must be a vulnerability. There must be something in my life. I'm drawing this into my life, but you've worked on it. Now you are a selected arrow and God is going to use you in this year, but not just use you, bless you. Receive it. The inheritance, your inherent, it has held up your inheritance. It does. Yet we just think, oh, that can't happen. People can't stand in our way. Ah, they can. Until we get to a point correctly, not gossiping in the church, not being bitter, not sass-mouthing our pastors or our parents or whatever. It's in a godly way saying, enough. I am going to do the hard work here because I must be aligned for inheritance and blessing. In Jesus' name, Simon made himself uncomfortable. Oh, my gosh. One man selected for the cross to be symbolically passed from Jesus to Simon. Simon did not save us all. Jesus did. But it is a picture of the cross. Okay, now it's yours to carry. The church, now it's mine to carry individually. Do you know that that made him ceremonially unclean? There was blood all over that cross beam. Yes, it was Jesus' blood. And he wanted to go to the temple. He was made ceremonially unclean. So therefore, the temple doors were shut and he was excluded. But, but little did he know, Jesus was on his way to the cross. Divine reversal, and catch this, washed clean, included by the blood of Jesus. The crucifixion on the cross, here it is again, colliding. You can't come in. Jesus making the way to come in. So to finish, let's the music team come up. I just feel that the Lord would want a response from us this morning. Do you know that the gate is open? You're going to meet Jesus at the gate. Do you know that the way is open? Do you know that enough is now? And I prophesy and I call you out to arise this morning and come into your being. For you are a selected arrow for service. Amen. As, as we just come, we're going to sing that song. Open, I asked for that song. As I was preparing for this message, um, that song just came into my spirit. Move again. Move again. But declaring it, a trumpet. Open up the gates. Open up the doors. Open them up. Not just for us, but for others to come in. So with every eye closed. And you know what? It's not a formula. This is not infotainment. It's not Hollywood. This is a, a very, very important moment. I've, I've held these moments under trees in Africa, in, in sitting in dirt in India, being in bomb shelters in the Ukraine. This is a solemn moment where people will choose at the gate longing, seeking. Well, I know that there is a God. I just know it. And I've now been directed and led to that point. And at the gate, will you open the door of your heart? Will you open the way for Him to come in? This is the most important decision you will ever make. I don't labour it. I don't make it sort of like I'm a bit raw. I'm a missionary, okay? 
I'm going to ask you with every eye closed and I am not going to embarrass you, but I am going to make you a bit uncomfortable because this is how you'll start. If you pressing in, I've got to find him. Whatever it takes, I have got to find him. And I am going to make myself uncomfortable today. If you want salvation, if you want to be free, if you want healing, if you want to be loved by the Lord as He designed for you to do, you must choose Him. So I'm asking you today, if that's you, raise Thank you for joining us. The Bayside Christian Church community aims to transform our city and beyond with the life and power of Jesus Christ. If you want to know more or just keep in touch, check us out at www.baysidechristianchurch.com.au or follow us on our social media sites at Bayside Christian Church.